Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Lucky you. You get an early week edition of your weekly tee box dysfunction alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is Maddie and the Caddy on a Monday. Uh, if you need a little inspiration, you're going to get it today. Our guest, Vince Cavello. Uh, we will tell you his story mm. when we bring him on. It's a remarkable story of perseverance and finally making the tour. Age 36, turned 37 in November. Remarkable story. We can all use a little motivation, especially right now where Caddy candidly i'm to the point where it's like all right <laughs> like we we gotta go right that's the you know you know the thing that stinks too is like when you're looking forward to man this is gonna be great i sit at home i'm gonna binge watch all my shows i catch up on everything this is gonna be fantastic and it is for a little bit and then you get to a point where you're like yeah, I get it. Like, okay, I've seen a lot of the shows I want to. Right. Now even all the shows are starting to look the same. I can't turn the news on because it's the same. Nothing has changed. It's all the same stuff that's other than. What that's what I'm saying. That's yes. exactly it. It's all, everything seems like a rerun. Everything. Right. Even, well, that's the news shows. That's like, what I mean. The news, which is supposed to be, here's all the no, different no, no. stuff that's I'm going on. New shows. Like, if I start a new show, I'm like, wait, have I seen this before? Right. Because no, every drug, every show's got a drug runner who goes behind the law, who's having an affair, who's got a buddy that's clean that just eventually gets dragged in. That's every show now. You know, like, I, I started watching the new Lost in Space and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get it because I love sci-fi stuff and yeah. mystery. And I, you know, I never was into the old Lost in Space, so I was like, I'm gonna get into this one. And by like the fourth episode, I was like, I get it. This is the bad person. But you know what? In today's society, like with some of the other shows that you watch now, it's like just take this chick out back and. It's easy to take care of this bad person. Like, <laughs> I don't see what the problem is. And then it's like, oh, hold up. That's from a different show. Those people can't act the same. But it's like, hold up. We you never mind. And then it's even for me looking at comedies. Like, I'm going to watch a comedy movie. And about 10 minutes in, I'm like, meh. Yeah. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. And that, that's where I'm at. We'll get into all of that in a minute. But before we get too deep into the program, I want to talk to you about our friends at at Shippo. For e-commerce businesses, shipping in two days or less is the new standard. As a growing business, how can you keep up? Introducing Shippo, your new secret weapon. Shippo is the only shipping software for growing businesses that you can start today, set up in minutes, and then ship today. Because they ship hundreds of millions of packages, Shippo's volume discounts save you up to 90% off carrier rates. Simply connect your online store to Shippo. No coding or technical expertise required. They will instantly identify the lowest shipping rates from 55-plus top global carriers like UPS, United States Postal Service, FedEx, and DHL. Your orders are automatically pulled in and ready to go. Just click, print, and ship. Plus, automated return labels are free. You only pay if your customers use them. Companies 
that you shippo save thousands of dollars, free hours of valuable time, and on average grow 77% year over year. Join over 100,000 companies like Goat, Hims, and MeUndies who are saving up to 90% off carrier rates with Shippo. For our listeners, they are offering the best discount available anywhere. Get a shipping consultation and Shippo Pro Plan six-month trial for free at GoShippo, S-H-I-P-P-O com slash Maddie. That's up to $700 value for free at GoShippo.com slash Maddie. Go right now and get your shipping consultation at Shippo Pro Plan Plus. Six-month trial for free at goshippo.com slash Maddie. Not to be confused with Johnny Chippo. Chippo. All right. So everything is starting to feel the same. Uh, What? It it snowed (laughs) this weekend in Connecticut. It was snowed. Bruh. It is May. What do you mean? It's May. Need this next part to be bleeped out, but Taylor, <laughs> I I lost my <laughs> when it started snowing on Saturday. I did. I did. That's the whole thing. Everything that is going on in the world, and then on top of it, snow in May. Like, yeah, I can see. Lost it. <laughs> Snapped like, it. I just. I did. I punted. I punted on life. <laughs> Um, because this is you know what's funny. So I did Sports Center when they they uh, made the announcement for you know they they finally made the official announcement that the match was going to happen, right? Yeah. So I gotta go. Look at your face, the belligerent faces that you're making right now. They made the announcement of the pity sport for Matt Barry. Gee, I wonder where we can't get any of them on the podcast. I don't know. Maddie just keeps calling them pity sports. That's probably great. why they won't come on. Great. So I'm on. Tell sports. me otherwise. I know. I'm on sports that are getting ready to do it, and you know how we talk right before we go on the air, right? Yeah. So I first call up. I got to call up operations so they can make sure the camera and everything's working. So I'm standing on the other side of my phone, which is the camera, and the shot goes live so they can see me in the booth in in wherever, the control room. And the guy is like, the guy whose uh, operations is going, oh, man. I was like, what's the matter? Something wrong with the shot? Nah. Can you stand in front of it and block it, please, so I don't have to see that? Because I'm in my backyard. Yeah. Which is now looking at the tenth green and the eighteenth fairway, or so now it's like, um, yeah, what am I gonna do? And he's like, I go, what's the matter? He was like, it's it's forty degrees up here, and the forecast is for snow. I'm like, what? Yeah, any soul that I had left was sucked out of me. <laughs> God, this weekend. Oh, bro, I'm sorry. Kind of. Yeah, sorry, kind of, but yeah. What am I going to do? I think I speak on behalf of everyone. We we could probably use a little motivation and inspiration to not give up on our dream of getting back to normal, which is why we are pleased to welcome in Vince Cavello, who knows very, very well about staying persistent, (laughs) chasing your dream. Vince, I want to start off before we get to that. How are you? How is quarantine treating you? Oh, everything's good down here in Florida, Matt. Um, 
you know, quarantine's been good. I'm, I'm a new homeowner, so I've had time to actually start doing stuff around the house. I've done a lot of landscaping, and uh, it's made me realize that uh, I'm much better at digging holes with seven irons than I am with shovels. So uh, I'm, I'm ready to get back to the normal life, too. So see this, Maddie? This man, my friend, two things. One, it's been too long that actually not even too long. I think Vince might be our first true ginger on the show, which is awesome. Hello. That is that is historic. You're right. That's that is historic Maddie and the caddy. And two, as a fellow Northeasterner like myself, being from outside of Philly and Vince being from Philly, even he was smart enough to you heard him say, I now live in Florida. You see how that works, man? You got to get out of the cold. You got to yeah. get out of the cold. It's not worth it. See, no, it ain't worth it. How many times I need to tell you this? For those of us that, that really work at ESPN, <laughs> it's actually located in the Northeast. We can't just gallivant around the South like you at all your at your golf tournaments. Like we have to be up here, Caddy. I'm sorry. Does technology not work outside of the building in well, Bristol? Look, you act like we don't have a condo in West Palm. I can't help that when I went down there a month or so ago. Second, I walked off the plane, Vince. I don't know if you're aware. What county are you in, Vince? What county? I'm in. Uh, I'm in Duval. Okay, so in Paul Beach County, like they just the whole state. Well, the whole state in general. Like if you came up from the Northeast, from from New Jersey, New York, Connecticut. Second, you walked off the plane. They handed you a a, a notice from the governor that says you were to self isolate for 14 days. Oh yeah. They uh, they had 95, I-95 shut down at the Florida-Georgia border because we're only about 25, 30 minutes from there. And it's, uh, you know, it was backed up the first day they were doing, you know, inspections going through the border there. It was backed up for like 16 miles, I think they said, on 95. See, now, that would have been a fun day trip where you stay on the Florida side and just stand there and wave at the people on the Georgia <laughs> side and be like, y'all not getting in. We're going to be yeah. over here chilling. When did you move down to Florida, Vince? Uh, I've been down here since 2000, so I, I bailed on my senior year of high school up in Philly and, and came down here, finished up my senior year at uh, Nice High School in, in Jacksonville and um, stayed for college. I stayed at University of North Florida right here, um, played for them for two years and then turned pro at 21. And uh, you, you heard the rest, you know, the story of 15 years of trying to get to the PGA Tour and finally got there. Yeah, let's dive into that because I think it is a really remarkable story. You know, that we, we hear a lot of times people, they go for it, they go for it. They just don't catch their break or aren't able to make it. And they decide, you know what, it's time to move on to something else. What kept you grinding for that entire time of chasing that PGA Tour dream? Uh, I, I really wanted it. I really wanted it. Um it all so much of it just boiled down to that. I mean, the hunger to prove yourself and, and have the chance to play against the best in the world. Uh, you know, I've been watching the, the, the last dance on ESPN here the last couple of times. And that's yeah. what, what MJ was all about, right? He wanted to play against the best. And even in the playoffs, that's why he was so passionate about getting to the playoffs is that's the highest competition you can get to. And, uh, you know, there's still ranks for me to climb inside of the PGA tour to get to that point. But, um, you know, I always wanted to do it so bad that I gave up a lot of other things and dedicated myself to, you know, sweating it out on the driving range all those years and, and telling me to play wherever they told me to play. So um, it finally worked out. I was lucky enough to have, you know, great, great circle of backing around me between my family and my friends and and all my supporters that really, you know, 
kept me believing the whole time. So I've been blessed to have all those things fall on the line and eventually it, it led to something good. I was just, you know, taking my time and getting there. What was the lowest point? What was the lowest point for you where you were like, what am I? Cause every, every professional athlete at some point goes through that. What am I doing? Like, you know, especially yeah. golfers. When was that sure. for you and how'd you get out of it? Well, it's, you know, it's tough to pick out one moment, but I mean, it, it took me 10 tries to get the final stage of Q school. So I did Q school for 10 straight years without getting anything out of it. Um, Wait, then, 10 you know, years, one, you made it to second stage. No, 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 no. I, I did Q school. So I did first and I think I made it to second stage like four, four or five times without making Oof. it to finals in a 10 year span. Um, and then in my 10th, 10th try, I finally made it to, to the final stage of Q school. It got me web.com status, which is now corn Ferry tour, of course. And then I played that full season, didn't have a great year, lost my card. Um, and went back to Q school and didn't make it through the first stage of Q school. So where I finally thought I was progressing up the ranks a little bit, I fell back and, and, you know, had nowhere to go. And I had to go back and play in Canada and Latin America and wherever I could, um, to try and get back out there. But that was kind of the, I'd say that was a low point for me was finally getting the chance after 10 years on the web and corn Ferry tour. And, uh, you know, then not making the most of it and, and going backwards after that. Um, you know, that was a, that was a tough kick cause you're 10 years into it, 11 years into it at that point. So it was, uh, you know, and you felt like, all right, I worked hard to get my chance. And then I, I blew my chance is what it felt like. So yeah. that was a tough one, but I worked my way back up and, you know, you can, sometimes you got to make it through the mud to get to the grass. So how are you making a living during this time when you're bouncing around all of these other mini tours after you had lost that point? Well, uh, it's, it's hard. I mean, you're, you're sleeping on couches, you're, you know, you're splitting hotel rooms, you're doing whatever you have to do to cut costs and, you know, trying to grind out, a, you know, a top 10 on the developmental tours is basically the only way to really make money for the week. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand that is that, you know, you see these guys wow. playing the developmental tours and, and, you know, you have, you know, some good earners out there, but you look at the money list and, you know, if, if Canada and Latino America and, uh, and China graduate five guys, there's probably only five to 10 more guys after that, that really made money playing that year. And there's 150 guys playing each week out there. So it's hard. I mean, you're, you know, like I said, I was, I was blessed to have some good backing behind me to start. And, and I did well enough on the mini tours early in my career as a youngster to kind of keep going. And, and you just, you're trying to get to the next year and get to the next Q school essentially. And, you know, if you, if you can keep doing that and stay alive and, you know, eventually you keep rolling the dice and it lands on your number, you know, that's the only thing I can say. So, hard, so when, when you're playing on some of these developmental tours, you just mentioned it there. Now I'm fascinated on this portion of it. So you were fortunate enough to have a little backing to kind of maneuver your way through. What stories do you have of some of the other competitors of what you guys and they were doing? You said money for the week. Walk me through one of the craziest stories from that time in your career with perhaps another player or two and what they were going through. Well, you had guys, you know, when we, the, the original mini tour, the first one that I started on was the Golden Bear Tour down in South Florida. It was down in Palm Beach County. Uh, it then became the Gateway Tour um, a few years after I had started back in 04. Um, and there were guys that still had full-time jobs as assistant pros or caddies at the local clubs or, you know, guys that came down uh, on winter break from the, the clubs in the Northeast that, you know, the, the assistant pros are basically a, a 
a half a year gig up there. So they'll come down to Florida and teach and, and try and play. And, um, you know, there were guys that were running landscaping services. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was really funny. It was, it was a mixed batch of characters, but, uh, good golfers and, and cutthroat guys that wanted in your pocket. I mean, we were funding our own purse back then, you know, the entry fees were, you know, anywhere from a thousand to $1,500. And, you know, if you got a hundred guys, you know, theoretically that's $150,000, but then you have course cost and, you know, you're paying rules officials and, and the people that are running the tour and all those expenses. So then it goes down to 125 or something we'll say. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not a lot of money to be spread out. They would only, the cuts would be the top third of the field. Um, so it wasn't a set number. It was however many guys were playing that week. If there were 60 guys, you know, you'd have 60 grand, we'll say in the pot. And then the top 20 guys were getting paid. Um, yeah. and the other 40 weren't. So it, it was tough. It was, uh, it was a, it was a small cut number and you had to, you had to play hard and you were playing against a lot of guys that had been there for a while and knew the courses like anywhere. And, um, you know, when you, when you get to be localized in a, in one area, I mean, we basically played anywhere from Port St. Lucie or Vero beach, uh, down to, you know, Delray or Fort Lauderdale or something like that down, down, uh, on the East coast of Florida. And sure. You know, guys that lived down there, they, they knew the courses really well. Guys that grew up down, down there had played all of them and knew all of them. And, uh, you know, there were some experienced players, some really good players that were down there. Hiroshi Matsui, um, you know, a lot of guys that had, had made it and got status. I mean, Steve Marino was down there killing it, taking everybody's cash. He shot, I think he shot 59 at one of the tour championships back then. Yeah. Um, Jeez. so, I mean, we all know he had a great career and is a, still a great player. So hey, what's the, what's the smallest mini tour check you ever got and we're like why did you even write me this check what's the smallest <laughs> one ever i think uh it was probably the first 2006 i went up to play the canadian tour i made it through the canadian q school i decided to give it a try um which was something different than you know staying localized down there in, in west palm beach area um and i went up there the first two weeks and i made both cuts and i think i came home with less than a thousand dollars in earnings i think it was like 468 probably the first week and you know five five ninety the second week or something and of course i'm flying to the west coast of canada i have a hotel a rental car all that kind of stuff i mean it, it's a three thousand dollar week you know and i came home with i spent six thousand and for two weeks and came home with a thousand bucks you know and i was like well that doesn't really add up i mean that's a that's the way to the grave of my golf career real quick. I mean, I can't do that. So then I went back and I played in South Florida again and, and had a couple of good seasons down there and uh, kind of got the bankroll back up a little bit. And then I, I went back up to Canada and uh, the PJ tour had, or the golf channel and then the PJ tour ended up taking it over at some point. Uh, I think in 2015, maybe 2014, I forget the exact year, but um, it, it has gotten better up there all the way along. And, um, you know, 2010, 11, 12, I think they had some golf channel money that they were broadcasting events up there and had some good purses. So I ended up going back up and having some of my time of my life up there, meeting some of my lifelong friends and people I still see all the time. Um, how, so it was a really cool experience up there in Canada. How does this, how does sponsor stuff work? That's one of the things that I've always been fascinated with when you're starting out and going to mini tours, like, so Zach Johnson, I remember him, to, he told a story one time where it was like a group of guys at his club 
kind of got together, guys who had some money, and all put money into a pot for him and was like, we believe that you can get out there and make it. So they all collectively put this money together so he could have money to go out there. How, in your experience, did that work for you? Like with, because I have people all the time ask me, you know, how do how do we get sponsors? I'm like, I don't know. Why would how would I know that? So how did it happen for you? Well, um, you know, my dad got me started, which I was very lucky with. He he kind of funded my first two years as a pro, and I managed to stay alive and kind of keep using that money over those. 10 years. So, you know, he gave me two years to start basically. And I dragged that out for the 10 years until I started making something of myself in the game. Wow. And, uh, but to other guys, I know that like lots of times they'll come up with a proposal, uh, you know, they'll pay back, you know, like 75% of the earnings that they make to the investor, uh, up to a certain point and then it'll flip. Right. And then, the, then the player will get 75 once the initial investments, kind of paid off then it'll flip and the, and the player will keep 75 percent of the earnings and the investor will get 25 percent um that's kind of the standard I don't, I don't know if those percentages are standard obviously that varies in all kinds of contracts but i think that's kind of usually how it works for most of my buddies that were under those kind of stipulations to be out there playing so i'm listening to this story i'm 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 absolutely fascinated by this because it's almost as if you can find and invest almost in like a racehorse to develop to absolutely find, you know that it sounds this is it sounds very similar and i and i wonder through this journey of yours to get to this point what was the backup plan if it just didn't work out yeah, I think, you know, I always wanted to be part of the game in some shape or form. It just gave me so much as a kid and as a person, you know, so many good experiences, travel experiences, friends I've made, people I've gotten to meet, like like Michael and now you, Maddie. Um, you know, it's it's been a blessing to be able to play the game. I wanted to pay it forward and, and always be part of it in some shape or form, whether that be, you know, giving lessons or, you know, uh, you know, running junior camps or something like that. I love, I love paying it forward for the kids because the next generation is, is what keeps the game alive. Um, and it's only getting better and better. Kids are so good nowadays, but I, you know, I always wanted to be part of it. Golf course design or teaching. I think, uh, I'm not sure I wanted to necessarily be sitting in a pro shop somewhere. <laughs> I had my two, my two guys that were the, the head and assistant pro where I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, you know, they, they were, they were characters, of course, it was a blue collar club and, uh, they were absolute beauties and, <laughs> and helped, helped me in the development of my game so much, but man, they kept pushing me to keep playing. And they said, man, you don't want to be in golf and be in here where we are. We want to be out there on the TV playing against Tiger Woods and, you know, making the big bucks out there. You don't want to be in here in the shop folding shirts. So. <laughs> <laughs> that just, that wouldn't sound right. Yo, Vince, do y'all carry this in a double X? Hold on, let me know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you know, yeah, just the, uh, you know how miserable you would have been, dude? So, well, I mean, what, what have you been doing there in this uh, quarantine there, Mike? I mean, well, you're yeah. down to double X now, huh? Uh, what, down to double X, man? That's messed up, bro. <laughs> See how skinny people can always throw these little things in there. I thought we was friends, man. <laughs> now I got to bust you. out. I haven't gotten to bust your chops in a while, you know. I'll tell you now when I when I post about this podcast, I got to put up that the picture of you with the orange afro back in the day because yo oh, Vince yeah. had an afro bigger than mine. But I will ask you this about sitting around during this during this time off. So. From the guys that, because there's plenty of golfers up there in in North Florida as well. Everybody thinks they live in Jupiter, but not everybody lives down there. And 
you don't run and it's like with me, we're not Tiger Woods. We're not dudes that make, you know, five to eight million dollars a year. But right. you're not getting a check, you know, when you're not playing along with other guys who aren't getting a check. So what are what are other golfers doing? I know you took a medical after Tory, but what are other guys that you know of like doing who aren't multimillionaires and like count on playing golf to make money? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I'm sure it's starting to get tight at some places. I like that's not just in not for us as, you know, struggling professional golfers, but you know, in every industry out there, it's it's tough. There's people trying to get by and it's uh I think everybody's in the same boat and they're chomping into bit to get back and and having the chance to make some money, you know, and work. People want to work, which is good. Mm. I, so I, what to, to answer your question though, Mike, I'm not sure exactly what like if they're doing, if they took side jobs or something like that, it, you know, I have a couple of my other buddies just in, in random industries that have gotten furloughed and they're working landscaping jobs and stuff like that. And just, you know, trying to find a, a part-time gig with things that go on. I know there's some money games going on around town. Yeah. Um, yeah there's some hustling. They had a couple two day events out at TPC that some of the guys were playing in. I think they had like, you know, 30 guys or something at one point. So it was they were doing good. They had, you know, VJ was playing, Fred Funk was playing, you know, so there, there is stuff to do. I mean, there's obviously people to play with and TPC has been open the whole time. They've been, they've been really good about the social distancing and extra precautions to, to be able to stay open the whole time. But yeah, I think, I mean, there's so many people here in town. I haven't been out there much. I've been staying down at Atlantic beach country club just to, uh, you know, avoid the, avoid the whole mass of people. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Vijay Singh. He's been in the news recently with playing in a Corn Ferry uh, tournament event. What has been the reaction with players that you know of someone of Vijay's career playing in a Corn Ferry event? I, I mean, I think he should play. He should do whatever he wants to. I mean, the guy's done amazing things in the game of golf. Um, if he's if if the rules permit him to play in that week's tournament, I mean, there's other guys that have come back to play in, in corn ferry events that, you know, are, are major winners and, and and you know world number ones and and whatever. So it's not uh, I don't see it as a big deal at all. And I, I think obviously being in his backyard, it's at the Valley Course at TPC's Valley Course. Why wouldn't he play? It's he gets to stay at home and he gets to you know get the competitive rust off a little bit, you know, with no no real pressure. I mean, who? I don't see a reason why he shouldn't play. I understand maybe the the younger guys coming up thinking he's taking a spot, but right. I mean, I'm not lying, there's, man. There's I am shocked that, that you feel that way. I'm shocked. Yeah, really? Michael Spieth was like, "Wow, you spent so much time on the mini tours. Like you, you have. I see both sides of it, but I think you would you would definitely see the guys who are on the mini tour who understand." what sometimes just getting a start can mean. Sure. Sure. Um, it, it is tough. And I understand that there's going to be the guy that's first alternate that week that might have a, a splinter <laughs> in him somewhere on this. Case. Little bit. But, <laughs> it's, uh, I, you, you know, when you, you know, I'll take it back to the last dance again, just cause that's popular right now. Right. Like the show, yep. Michael got to give so much grief to everybody because he earned the right to do that. Um, and I think that comes in any sport that you're in. If you, you earn the respect of your, your counterparts and you earn, you know, the accolades, 
you should be entitled to do whatever you want. I mean, if you, uh, to a certain extent, of course, but I mean, VJ's played all around the world. He's in the hall of fame. I mean, like, how does that, how does that hurt having a hall of famer play a corn Ferry event? I think that only, you know, builds the name of the tour up a little bit from that perspective. And maybe in the future, it'll get better for those guys that are stuck in the first alternate spot for that one week. But I think with the way things are playing out and from what I've heard, you know, everybody's going to get plenty of playing chances um, on the tour that they currently have status on, even into 2021 season. So, um, you know, for one event, the first event back, it's, if it was something every week, right. I, I get it. Yes. But yeah. there, there's a, there's a category on the corn Ferry tour that is the 48, 49 year olds that are getting ready to go play the champions tour. Um, oh, wow. and of okay. course, VJ, VJ is already 52 years old, I think, or 50, maybe he's even right. older than that. He doesn't <laughs> look that old. Right. But, uh, um, anyway, I, it's, it's just, it's one of those things. There's always spots given away that could probably be used in a better scenario, but that's the way things work. So to get around the way things work, that might not be fair. What do you do? You play better, you play better, and then you get to dictate where and when you, you get to play. Love that. What, um, what's next for you? Well, I've, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out this back issue that I've had going on. It's nothing major. Thank God there's nothing structurally wrong in there, but, um, I've kind of put all the doctor's appointments on hold during this whole pandemic. And, um, you know, I'm trying to look after my mom and, and, and my household and, uh, you know, be as safe as I can. So I'm still trying to figure out, you know, what's going on in my back. And I'm hopeful that maybe fall 2020, you know, the start of the 2021 season, I'll, I'll get back out there and playing again. But, you know, it's just been, it's a scary world out there. It's a scary world going into doctor's offices and bouncing around just didn't seem like the smartest thing to me at the time. If you were playing, would you feel comfortable going to play in Texas and getting on an airplane and having to stay in a hotel and, having to get food from outside sources. How would you feel about it? Cause it we're literally a month out right now. Yeah. It, it, it'd be weird because I, you know, we've almost gotten accustomed to the way things are going right now. Right. It becomes a, you know, habits have changed obviously already after, you know, two months, two and a half months, three months, depending on where you are. And, um, it, it would be difficult. I don't know. You know, they said there's the PJ tour is going to use up to a million tests. I think between, the, now in the end of the season or the restart in the end of the season, we're going to have at home testing before we even leave to make sure we're okay. And then testing every day on site. Um, I'm sure there's, you know, it's probably the 15 minute test that they're starting to talk about now or something like that. I would hope. Yeah. But um, it, it's just a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky tightrope to walk. I think there's so many moving pieces. It's it's not an envious position to be in Commissioner Monahan's spot. I'll give him that much. It's he's doing a great job, but man, I'm I'm glad he's there and not me, <laughs> making those kind of decisions. I don't know that I would be going back. I don't know that I would feel comfortable yet. You know, you 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 only your health. There's nothing more important in life than your health. I mean, if you're not healthy, you can't do any of the things that we love to do and that we need to do. And certainly, you know, what happens when one person out there gets it? You know, mm. what happens when one player or one caddy gets it? Does the whole thing shut down again or, you know, who knows? Who knows? There's so many question marks in the air. And I, I think they're doing everything possible according to the guidelines and the suggestions that they're getting from, you know, top government officials and the CDC and everything. I think they're doing everything right, but each individual is going to have their own opinion of it. You know, I I don't know that I personally would feel comfortable yet, but that's just me and my situation that I'm in. 
And in your situation, the last thing I wanted to ask you was about because of how they changed the category, well, not the category, but you will be exempt through the 2021 season now because they did a change to it. And how will that affect your medical or will it or has that even been explained? Because you know how they changed it up. So now if you were 2019, 2020, you're now good through 2020, 21. Right. Um, I, I haven't even hinted on that yet with them as far as the medical goes. Um, I'm just trying to make sure I, I do the things that I need to do to get healthy and whatever they tell me was the consequence or the perks of sitting out that long, then that's the case. Um, you know, I'm certainly glad to know that I'll have status in the 2020, 2021 season, this next season coming up. Um, that that's a relief. Um, and I don't know if that will wash the medical starts or not, or if I'll get to use them in certain places. Um, and ultimately I've only missed, I think it's two events so far that I would have gotten in. It would have been Puerto Rico and Pebble beach. So, oh. you know, it's not like I'm, I'm sitting on a half a season in my pocket or anything like that. It's two, <laughs> it's two events at the current moment, unless I, I can't see them counting the events that we've been suspended for. No, that would be logical in my case that they wouldn't count those for missed starts um, because everybody missed them. Right. So it's not, not fair. Um, right. But we'll see. It, it, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, I'm hopeful that uh, things work out and everybody gets back and it's a smooth, smooth transition into back into playing again. And the first month would be weird for some of the guys, I think, you know, playing in front of no fans. Um, I'd be used to that because I basically did that my whole career. <laughs> um, See, Maddie's you know, against that's, that. That'd Maddie be no big deal. Right. Maddie thinks, oh, no, it's completely different not playing in front of people. I'm like, for most of the guys, no, it ain't. Well, to be clear, the the jumping off point we used for the no fan argument was the Masters. And I said, I don't believe the Masters should be mm. played without patrons. Mm. That's, yeah, that's tough. You know, I'm, I am excited to see what it looks like in November. That could, I mean, that could be a really cool tournament if they get some fall colors out there. And oh, a little, little Augusta National foliage. Don't tease oh. me. Yeah. How cool would that be, huh? Yes, yes, please. And no I know, pollen. I, I, you no know, pollen, <laughs> yeah. but I, 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 I am with you guys. I just can't picture like that twelfth tee box with no people. You know, on can't Sunday it's out on the weekend. Like, gotta I mean, have you the Lord. Do it. Yeah. 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 See, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with no people there. You know, you know, you talk about the twelfth hole. You know what has no people? The green. So there you go. So that's fine. Wow, you don't never yeah. see no people on the 12th green or 13 T. No people. And, and guess what? Tournament's fine. It's good. But hey, yeah. man, this has been awesome, dude. Thanks a bunch for coming and hanging out with us for a little while, dude. Well, thank you guys for having me, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, this been is bored. great, man. Your, your, your story. <laughs> see, he's story. been bored too. <laughs> your story is one of inspiration. We're all bored, love catching up and learning more and getting to meet more people. If there's one positive throughout all of this, maybe that's it. We extend our network to certain people and certain stories in the, in the, in the sport to make more people familiar with them. Well, thank you guys for the time. So, look, Vince Cavello is everything I believe American sports should stand for and also the beauty of golf because, Caddy, if he chose any other sport, getting to the tour at 36, 37 years old is not an option in any other sport. It's just no, not. 
it's ironic that he's from Philadelphia and the only him and I became friends because I played in that pro-am, the BMW in Greenville, South Carolina on the Corn Ferry tour. Yeah, is, and, that, is that going on? I got to call our boy. Is that is that happening or not? McGovern? I don't know if if it is. We got to make sure to be, we're we're going if it's going on. I doubt if it's that going I on. We're, if we're it, in. Yeah, if it's going on, we're in that, which is a good thing. And that's where Vince and I met, and they put us together because they were like, "Well, you guys got a Philly connection." And right. I mean, but we immediately hit it off, and it had nothing to do with both of us being from up there. It's just with kindred spirits, man. And, and this guy's story and perseverance is one. It's it's hard not to root for him going forward. To like, look, this dude. He's not a bomber off the tee. Like, he, there's nothing. Nothing about his game makes you go, "Oh my gosh, he's better than everyone at this specific thing." But you look at his overall game, and you're like, you know what? This guy, if he gets an opportunity, can win on the PGA Tour because yeah. his game is that good. He just needs those opportunities for that to happen. And so it's like you see everything that he's been through, and you, how do I not root for that dude? And he I, knows cheesesteaks and food, so, you know, Philly guy. I think, I think it's awesome. So if you didn't know about him before uh, Vince Cavallo joining us today, uh, please look him up, read his story. He, he gave you a little bit about the struggles of it. And uh, I really picture that orange afro I'm gonna put up since he made oh, fun I, of my. Oh, I remember, I remember, remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll put that one it. up there. Put it on <laughs> Maddie and Caddy as well. Oh yeah, At Maddie and Caddy. M e t t y. The word M c a d d i e. That is both the Instagram and the Twitter. All right, I incited a little bit of a riot this weekend. A little bit. All right, so let me you tell you. showed your <laughs> lack of knowledge when it comes to food. Let me. T- I weigh 160 pounds. I know what exactly. I need today. Exactly. You All don't. Right. Know, my 13 year old weighs 172 pounds. <laughs> my 13 year old. Back in the day, I was up. A, I was up at 195 back in the day. Oh, chunky, Maddie. Well, yeah, back in the day, that was when I was in high school, 97, 98. I'll, I'll, I'll show some pictures of that. Oh, this was before girls. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what happened. All right. See what happened was it's Friday night. And shocking, the weather was absolute dog, you know what, in Connecticut. It was raining. It was cold. Ashley had just finished her work here at home. We wanted to go out to Total Wine to get some uh, reserves for the weekend. And we were going to go to this this one place called the Simple Greek to get dinner. It had already closed by 6 o'clock. So the only option in the center that we were at was a Shake Shack. And Ashley and I had never been to Shake Shack ever. Mm. And we always hear about, oh, Shake Shack's the best. Shake Shack's up there with In-N-Out. Eh, what? And I'm like, eh. So I tell Ashley, I'm like, look, this is one of our only options. Why don't I order it online while we're shopping at Total Wine? We'll go get it. So we pick up Shake Shack. I will say, Shake Shack, it was it was good. It was good. It, wasn't, it was good. I have, okay. I, have, I have nothing disparaging to say about it. Right. But then it got me thinking, okay, I've heard people say this is one of the best out there. Here are my top five burger places. Oh. Now that I've tried Shake Shack, I've it up power rankings. All right. So, number one. Now, I will tell you. Wait, start with number five. Number five. Okay. I will tell you that this list is predicated mostly on a lot of childhood memories of these places. When I was eating hamburgers all the time, I didn't care. 
Okay. 190 me, pound Maddie. Okay. Let me say that first. And when okay. you've got the metabolism of a, you know, of a teenager and a, a kid, you can just eat whatever you want. All I right. know, man. Yeah. Number five, and I am not whatsoever apologetic for this one whatsoever. Oh, here we go. This ought to be good. I can't okay. believe this is. I, number, I, okay, go ahead. <laughs> number um, five, Fuddruckers. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. What I was going to respond to that sounds similar. It rhymes with it. <laughs> Dude, Fuddruckers was amazing. You got the wedge fries, the wedge potato fries. What? And you got to take and dress your own burger with the jalapeno cheese pot. Then you got to press down the warm cheese on your burger, and then you got to dress it how you want it with When's onions it? and relish. Well, let it, me get this straight. You, they just give you a piece of meat, and then you got to do all the work. Yeah, okay, dude. Create. And you said it was. It was back in the day. When's the last time you've been to a Fuddruckers? Twenty years. Oh well, see then you got you should at least put an asterisk by that. Fuddruckers, I, I will say this: I will give you this on Fuddruckers. Fuddruckers used to have the greatest ostrich burger that I've ever had. What the hell are you talking about? They served ostrich, and it was phenomenal. What? And they you- stopped doing it. They stopped serving ostrich. This is what I'm saying. Like you what? went there 20 years ago, like so you never had their bison or anything I, like I- that. Oh, no, no yeah. I, I, I've had a bison burger and I love bison burgers. So let me get this straight. You in your top five, you got to put the burger together yourself. I can't yeah, I can't wait to go to this place where. So the only part that's taken out is me in the grill. Let me tell you something. The buns. Look, it's been 20 years. Oh, I can paint goodness. the picture of what the inside of this place looks like in Scottsdale. I can tell you how it tastes because I used to love getting this thick burger, this bun and being able to do what I wanted with it and dressing it up. Fuddruckers, yeah. number five. Oh, number cool. four, Jack in the Box. <laughs> and here's why. This Jack is as a the kid, box. right? Okay. Yes, as a kid. Because yeah. I like rolling the dice to see if I'm going to get E. coli. Hey, maybe Jack this time. Box, you know why Jack in the Box is a hit for me? I don't know, because you like clowns? Because. Look like Ronald? Well, McDonald's would be on this, and it's not. Because Jack in the Box, you could go to and get your burger that we we used to crush these burgers in high school. But you could always mix in one of their tacos or something that 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 Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box was good at at, at a little bit of everything, which is why Jack and we used to call it Jack in the Crack. (laughs) Yeah, because after you eat it, that's where it's going to end up. (laughs) Number three. This, this was, one, I'm going to say you got right. No, well, no, you didn't. All right, not number, number three. Number three ahead. was merely because I love Frosties. Which has nothing to do with the burger. And the burgers are good, but oh. the overall experience between burger, fry, and a chocolate Frosty puts Wendy's in at number three. Oh. And I was actually... Candidly, I was hoping to get a little social media play from this because Wendy's is very active and and they bully people on on social media. Well, you put a middle of the pack in your top five. What are they gonna? They're not gonna bully you and be like, "Hey, we made the metal stand, but it's a bronze." <laughs> yeah, thanks. So Maddie. Wendy's was number three. So again, to recap, Maddie the- saw five and four, and Wendy's Wendy saw five and four and was like, "Yeah, no, nah, we're not saying nothing." Bud Rucker's fifth, Jack in the Box fourth, Wendy's third. 
Number two, and it was a back and forth between my two and one. Oh. Number two, In and Out Burger. In and Out Burger is to me a huge part of my childhood growing up because okay. we used to. They only existed in California forever. Right. And we would – I've told this story I think before in the podcast where we would cross the border from Arizona to California in the Palm Springs area and we would always stop at the In-N-Out Burger because my dad loved it. But that was the first place. That was, that was the treat because you could only get In-N-Out Burger in California. In California. And I love the condensed menu. I love the French fries and I love that there's no – Freezers or nothing there. It's all fresh. I love watching. This is why I, I'm going to say In-N-Out is probably the only one on, that deserves to be on this list. And because it's I do love watching them literally put a potato in that thing, yes. pull the lever, it slices the potato into French fries, and boom, they make them right then, right there. And it's fresh, and I love like animal fries, and their burgers are phenomenal, phenomenal. freshly made. Yeah, their burgers are really, really good. I would get so, a double double with cheese. Yes, crushed it now, and the they, sauce that goes on their burger yeah. as well. That's like yeah, it's like it's similar to Big Mac sauce, but it's better. Here's the other thing with In and Out that I love: the confidence and the arrogance of their menu. They're like, dude, this is what we have. We have five things. This is what Easy. I don't understand. How Either are you, you get putting- it or you don't? If you got In and Out up there, you have the nerve to put Wendy's and a Frosty up against In and Out shakes. I yeah. mean, seriously, that is. Can that's I tell offensive. you why? That's can offensive. I t- <laughs> can I tell you why? I need to be I in the same space. I never did the milkshake thing at, at In and Out because I love the French fries burger and the fountain drink. Their fountain drinks to me were always better than everybody else's. What? So I never did the milkshake thing. Oh, I mean, well, I have, yeah. but I, I don't. I don't put that in the. For me, it's about the burger and the fries within and out. Nothing well, else. That's why Wendy's can't even be on the list. What's your number one? Here we go. Number one. Oh. Without question. Oh, with the cheese. <laughs> How do you say without question? You just said it one and two could flip flop for you. They could. But okay. when it came down to it, when I looked at intangibles, <laughs> when I looked at everything all together, when I looked at top to bottom, 24 hours. All of this added up. What a burger! Number one on my burger chain list for several reasons. Number one, you've been in quarantine too long. <laughs> a what a burger with cheese, add jalapeno for me. Yes, is the best treat you can have at a burger joint. The water burger. I will say this as a fan of jalapenos as well. The Whataburger cheeseburger, when you get fresh jalapenos oh on it, takes their burger to another level. And I will say, potentially could have put them in a top five, maybe. What? But here's the thing. Without the jalapenos, just the regular Whataburger cheeseburger, meh. With the French fries, French fries are phenomenal. Oh, no. You get that little cup of fancy ketchup. And fancy ketchup. It says right on there, fancy ketchup. It says fancy, yeah. And one other thing that put them over the edge for me, when you're either A, at the end of an all-night bender, or B, Again, not making great decisions on culinary. After an all-night bender, the chicken strips with Texas toast. Oh, geez. No, man. (laughs) So, again, 
So you say it after the all night vendor because you know why? Because Whataburger tastes the same coming up. This <laughs> is going in. Top five. Fun Ruckers five. Jack in the Box four. Wendy's three. In and Out two. Whataburger one. The Cat, fact that you don't you have hope? the fact that you don't have five guys on that list is beyond reprehensible. I've only had a burger at Five Guys once. And the fact that you talk about fries, like, here's, now, here's how bad your Five list. Guys are legit. French fries at Five Guys, legit. Have you even had the Cajun style? No. See, you haven't even taken the, their French fries to the next level. When you go to Five Guys, you tell them you want Cajun style, and you will just sit there. You'll need a minute. You'll just hold on. <laughs> just give me a second. Just give me a second. And you haven't even gotten to the burger. And the Five Guys, did you put fresh jalapenos on your Five Guys burger? No, no probably not. See, this is what I'm saying. This is an un... Just the fact when you put this out there that our friend of the podcast, Billy Horschel, saw this and took the time to go, this list is trash. Like <laughs> This is the worst burger <laughs> list of all time. And I'm like, this is horrific. It's horrific. Like, well, what did Billy Howe want on there? Again, he was the same thing with with five guys not being on this list. Is like you, there's no way. And Jack in the Box and Fuddruckers, like this would <laughs> Fuddruckers and Jack in the Box makes this a great list from like '83. That's where I came at it from. Well, yeah. See, well, you got you should have wrote that down. You, this is my 1983 power rankings <laughs> for for burger places because Five Guys probably wasn't invented then. And like putting Wendy's on that list, I don't know that Wendy's makes a better burger than the Burger King Whopper. And I wouldn't put Burger King on this list. Actually, a Whopper's pretty solid. A Whopper I know a Whopper's really solid, especially com- if you compare a Whopper to a Wendy's single you're like a whopper crushes it crushes it it's not even close the problem <laughs> is burger everything else at burger king is not good like no fries See, but I, and i've already said like when you look at my list there's a lot of other elements to the ranking i wouldn't go right now i i can't tell you how many times my friends I've been back in Pennsylvania. So, hey, do y'all want to hit Fuddruckers? No, even my kids don't want to go there. Because <laughs> it's more like even their fries are lazy. You know what I'm saying? Like no, you they say, got those sheer oh, fries. The that wedges, I disagree with. They're too lazy to cut them smaller. That's all that is. It's too lazy to make two more little tiny cuts to make them better. And Jack in the Box is that is. You might as well put White Castle on there or Crystal. That's Jack in the Box is equal to sliders from Crystal or White <laughs> Castle. Like that's one of those things. Do you want Jack in the Box or Metamucil? You'd be like, um, you know what? Give me the Jack in the Box because at least it doesn't have a gritty aftertaste Bro, most I'm of the time. At, I'm looking at Jack in the Box's menu right now, and there isn't anything you can't get at Jack in the Box. But that's part of the problem. Like it's too much. You're the, trying to make too much. What's the burger we used to eat? The, do we used to crush the bacon ultimate cheeseburger in high school? Crush it. Yeah, see, for that, if I was going to do something like Jack in the Box, I would either hit Steak and Shake or down here we have Checkers. 
And a jumbo jack. You never just had a jumbo jack? No, no, bruh. I ain't doing. Sorry, bruh. I'm comfortable with. <laughs> All I'm right, so wait. With who I am, but I ain't doing no jumbo jack. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, so we're give me. So a, let's get out of here with this. Give me your top five. All right, so five guys has got to be number one. Five guys number one overall, just because same thing. You can order it any way you want it, any way you want it. And then the French fries are fresh and you can get them Cajun style. So everything about five guys is is all about they only make two things, burgers and fries. That's it. Like how can maybe they throw a hot dog in every now and then, but you ain't going there for that. Top of the line, in and out, number two. All right, we agree there. In and out's got to be number two. I would probably say number three for burgers only. I would probably put. I'm gonna go Burger King because See, that's the, it. That's it. See, I think Burger King's trash. Not other than, no, other than the I Whopper, they have the one bur- Whopper. That's what I'm saying. They they do the Whopper. They do a burger that you can always count on every single time. Like McDonald's, and when McDonald's is the, they got the greatest fries ever. But like they change the quarter pounder, it doesn't taste as good. It's not the same. So I I would I would put Burger King up there in the top five. At, but I would say I would actually give you Whataburger might be better than Burger King. See, and that's what I love about this. When you're you're giving your list, and I'm watching you think it through, because it's not as easy as it sounds. Because here's here's Michael. Here's what I knew. Yeah, I knew one and two were Whataburger and In and Out. That was that was it. I knew that. Yeah. Once you get through your favorite, then you got to start going with intangibles. Well, no, nah, I would say the top three. Chicken. I would, you know what? I'll stay. I'll stay firm on this top three. I'll say Five Guys is number one, In and Out is number two, and I'll put Whataburger at number three because, like you said, Whataburger because you can add the fresh jalapenos to it definitely mm. takes that to a different level. But I think, unlike you, I don't think Whataburger has to be at. You don't necessarily have to do that at after a bender. Like I would go to. I don't think so either. I, I don't yeah. think so either. And that's why I, I would it, I would put Steak and Shake number four. I think this. I've never been to a Steak and Shake. Yeah, Steak and Shake again. The French fries again. Leave them, whatever. But the the steak burgers are off the hook. And probably the most underrated place that I'd put it number five. That I just have within the last five years been turned on to is Culver's. Yeah, a lot of people. Their butter yeah, yeah, their butter burger is solid. But see, here's the thing with me, and I think we've learned as we talk through this list, is that for me, burgers an element, but French fries are of utmost importance to me because that's my weakness. I'm a French fry guy, so French fries are of uh, utmost importance to me. And so, if your French fries are eh, you're out. It's yeah, like but, when you go. It's like when you go to a Mexican restaurant. I will judge you the second I walk in based on your chips and salsa. Yeah, see, I judge you by your refried beans. Oh, I don't need beans. Well, see, there you go. And see, fries for me, yes, because I'm gonna, I'm a fry addict, and I will plainly. If there was an 800 number for French fries, <laughs> I'd be calling it. So I need help. But see, to- here's because here's why. Because I will. I'm the type of person that I will go to a. Pl- I will go to a place like Whataburger and get a burger and go across the street to get McDonald's French fries. Oh, and I'm also that. the type of person that if you give me French fries from McDonald's and they're cold, 
or not if they've been or soggy little yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the drive through and then park. I'm gonna walk them fries in. <laughs> I'm gonna hand them to you and I'm gonna be like, nope. And that's all I gotta say. If you walk in with McDonald's fries and hand them to the cashier and go, nope, you don't have to say nothing else. They're like, I got you. Like every McDonald's would be like, I got you. Right? They know. That's amazing. It's the best. It's the best. All right. So hopefully we provide. I gotta go eat. I know. Me too. That's I'm like, I'm out of here. It's new. I need French fries right now. I'm going to Five Guys right now. So we've given you some in- inspiration with Vince. We've given you some food talk with the burgers and, uh, Hopefully, uh, that'll get you started uh, the right way this hey, week. I, let me ask you, because I never got your opinion. How, yeah. do you, how do you feel about the VJ thing? I don't care. If he wants to get some reps in, I don't care. He's not taking someone's spot. It's like, whatever. I was on the other but side. Vince of the is Vince. right. He's earned Vince the right. Made that, yeah, see, when Vince made the last dance comparison, yeah. Like, you know what? That's it. And like, like it, he's earned, he's not going to take advantage of it. He's earned the right. He's a Hall of Famer. If I want to yeah. stop by and, and get some reps, I'm in. Has yeah, this, yeah, I think it's great. Has this Lance da- last dance series even more solidified for you how similar Tiger and Jordan are? And imagine so, um, 15 to 20 years from now what the last dance Tiger oh, series is going to be like. I put that out there. I'm like, we need one for that. And I'm glad you brought that up because I want to tease to next week's podcast. We'll recap uh, pity match number one this week in the Taylor made <laughs> thing. Um, so but, you're going to watch it just so we can recap? Yes. And I do want to next week. I want to because the last dance ends on Sunday. Yes. So I definitely want to get into the last dance and the parallels between the Tiger. Yes. I'm, I'm glad you I love brought that up. That'll be an episode next week. All right. I love All it. Right. So everybody enjoy their week. Stay healthy. Stay happy. Stay safe. And if you hey, live somewhere. Try not to lose your shit. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you live somewhere where it doesn't snow, thank everyone. For the caddy. Michael Collins. I'm the Maddie. This has been Maddie and the caddy of the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.